0: What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Slab Talk. I'm your host, Amil Sarfani, and this is my sports card show. I appreciate you tuning in. Today's episode is one I think you're going to get a lot of value out of. Uh, It's something that I've been thinking about a lot, especially over the last couple of months as we sit in this kind of down market. Uh, And it's an important topic that requires a lot of honesty and transparency with yourself. But uh, we're all going through it. And so I want to talk about it on today's episode, which is how to identify when you've made a bad buying decision or mistake how to celebrate those mistakes for what, for the lessons that they can provide and how to ultimately move on from them to put yourself in a position to succeed. uh, So you don't, uh, by not repeating those mistakes again. Uh, I think it's a really important topic and uh, it's something that I think about a ton. Uh, The second half of today's episode will be about 2021 NBA playoffs. So much has been happening over the last few days. So I want to share some thoughts on that as well. Before we get into the show, if you don't mind, uh, giving me a follow on Instagram at the slap talk hitting that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and that bell icon to be notified for future episodes and if you're watching on if you're listening on podcasts please do leave a rating and a review again all of these things help me grow the show helps me get some feedback uh, and I do really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to the content all right let's get into the main part of the show talking about, uh, mistakes and it's honestly a really hard topic and it requires a lot of kind of mental fortitude but that's what the show's about the reason i want to talk about it uh although hard to talk about is because I want the show to stand for something more than just success or outcomes or making money. I want this to be process oriented because at the end of the day, when you start a new uh, endeavor, whether it's an entrepreneurship, a new investing activity, whether it's stocks, real estate, crypto, sports cars, art, doesn't really matter. uh, Mistakes are going to be had. They're going to be made. And it's important to have a a healthy relationship with failure and those mistakes so that you can uh, identify it, learn from it, evaluate it, and then go back to the drawing board and try again. Uh, And that's ultimately what this show is about is uh, not just, uh, you know, berating yourself about maybe bad decisions that you've made, but to actually say that's okay and that's needed. And if the fact that I'm making mistakes means that I'm trying something, great. Let me go try again because that's really what it takes. And to do that, you got to take your ego out of it. You got to be really honest with yourself. Uh, but again, I'm going to be talking about some of the mistakes that I've made over the last few months, um, and what I'm doing about them, uh, and how I think I'm going to be setting myself up for success as I continue to learn about the hobby. If you are a newer collector like myself, who's gotten in, in the last two years, uh, you are most likely sitting on some cards that you either regret buying or that you didn't expect to be losing money on. And maybe today you are losing value on it. Uh, and you may be stressing out. You may be, telling yourself i can't take this or i can't believe this is happening i thought this was guaranteed everyone was telling me that sports cards were going to keep going up and that this whole market was on fire and it was but that's uh okay it really is it's really okay to be sitting here today and, and and having that level of stress it's okay give yourself that break Make sure to give be be a little light on yourself. You know, don't, don't hold yourself to the fire here. But uh, by doing so, you can really be honest with yourself. If you don't hold yourself to such a high standard that you are not allowed to make mistakes, you are. Uh, and again, this is not about being right all the time. It's about being right more often than you're wrong or even just being right. A couple times and being right big, right? Uh, and so, to do that, again, that's what the show's about process oriented, how to change that stuff. And learning from mistakes is a great way to continually tinker with your process so that you are changing. Again, adapting is uh, such a key part of success. And so, that's what I want the show today to be about. Um, and so, we'll get into it by talking about the major four categories that I typically find myself making mistakes. in if I have a bad buying decision, typically they fall into one of these four categories. uh, And so I wanted to touch on those as well. We'll start with the first one that I think is uh, very relevant right now that a lot of people have uh, kind of fallen into this category a bit, especially if you're newer, which is FOMO, the fear of missing out. When you start seeing a card go crazy up in value, maybe it's a card that you've had your eyes on for some time, uh, you panic, you go ahead and hit that buy it now button, and all of a sudden you are committed to buy this card uh, that maybe for a little while longer keeps going up, but maybe now it's come down from where it was. and and that can be really hard to deal with um but but I want the the process that I use in order to kind of combat getting myself in a fomo position is to I have a very specific rule for myself, which is if a card has doubled or tripled in price uh, in the last six months, I'm just not going to touch it. I'm just going to look elsewhere. That's how I'm combating it. Uh, It's not that I practice that all the time, 100%. It's a very, very strong feeling, uh, but it takes discipline and practice. And so continually remind yourself that if a card, even if it's a card that you really, really love and have had your eyes on, if it it starts taking off in price here relatively soon, uh, to hold on you know like you you gotta be making those decisions now during the buying opportunities and not waiting for the market to pick back up because that's when it's too late anyway that's number one how i combat fomo i think it's one of the most strong it's one of the strongest forces that we have right now especially in the sports card world when there's so much uh social media attention on instagram all of these youtube people including myself talking about cards it's hard not to uh to get caught up in it but Uh, takes discipline, takes some practice. uh, And that's, that's the number one mistake that I see a lot right now. The second big mistake that I've personally been having to reevaluate for myself is this idea of trying to time the market, right? Not even necessarily that I bought a car that I didn't want, uh, but I was trying to time it. I wasn't patient enough, basically. And the car that I'm talking about, which is really hard for me to talk about because it's the biggest sports card buy that I've I've made since I've gone into the hobby, which was the 1985 uh, Michael Jordan Nike promo card in a PSA 10. Love this card, like long-term, I'm a big fan of this and I bought this with a long-term mindset. Love the imagery around this card, I think it's an iconic image and I think when it comes to collectibles, this is going to be a really, really important one uh, and I believe in it. However, the mistake that I think I made here was trying to time it. It had peaked at $55,000, uh, as you can see on the screen, and it was coming down, and I picked it up right around over $30,000. Huge buy. I really thought I was getting it at a good price, and now all of a sudden, it's sitting at 16000 That's really tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, and What I take away from this is basically patience, trying not to time a market being letting things shake out letting things go the way they're going to go and then making decisions when i feel like uh things have really settled down the way they're supposed to settle down but if i think back at what i was doing a couple months ago when i bought this card or about a month ago when i bought this card uh, i was definitely antsy i was definitely not patient and that's the takeaway i take away from this card now One thing that you have to do when you identify one of these mistakes is decide what you're going to do next with it. I'm not going to be doing anything with this card. Again, I believe in it. I wish I hadn't bought it because now I could have basically had two of the cards uh, for the same price as the one that I bought. Uh, But it is what it is. Uh, Again, things happen. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And I believe in the card. I believe in the play. And later on in the episode when we talk about uh, selling for a loss, it all comes down to whether or not you believe in the play going forward. Trying to be objective about it as some as as a as a card that you actually believe in and has an opportunity to come back or bounce back in the future. And this card, I do believe, has an opportunity to bounce back just fine. So I'm going to be holding on to this card. But the second big category of mistake that I'm falling into right now is trying to time the market. The third category of mistakes that I typically, that I'm I'm trying to identify right now is a mismanagement of risk, basically. Going too big on a high-risk play, knowing that it was risky to begin with, uh, but... Maybe I should have just been a little bit lighter on the play itself, and that's something that I'm going to adjust going forward as well. The 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 play that for me that I I I'm reevaluating uh, my decision on is basically the uh, my 2012 Anthony Davis Prism in a PSA 10 I bought. Many of these when they were trading between 1400 and 1800 back uh, earlier in the year, really when this is when he was out, when I felt like there wasn't going to go. There wasn't much of a risk for the carts to go down anymore. Uh, they had seemed like they were building a floor. In fact, even rising back up as he was coming back. Uh, closer to uh, coming back from his injury. Um, but injury risk is such a big deal if you're dealing in modern cards. And so if you are in modern cards, being light on your plays, is I, I'm i finding, is very important. Uh, one, because if they don't work, you're not sitting in a position where you're over-leveraged on the play. Uh, and two, if they do work, guess what? that's great. You can always go back and say, I wish I'd bought more of them. Uh, But really the downside of it is this is now I'm sitting on um, a bunch of Anthony Davis prism cards uh, that I wish I just didn't put as much into. Now, when it comes to the actual play itself, I'm not upset about the play when I evaluate it. Like I wanted to make playoff bets and not that I thought cards were going to go up big time in the playoffs, but I thought the Lakers were going to literally get to the finals and win the championship. And I do believe for the players that actually get to the finals, uh, there is going to be a little bit of a price bump, especially if they do win the championship, that would make sense. And if cards operate that way, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I did think the Lakers had that chance. Uh, And so I had a big LeBron and Anthony Davis play. LeBron, of course, I'm okay with, but Anthony Davis, I wish I'd gone a little bit lighter on. In fact, there's a couple other things that I wish I could have done as well, which is uh, maybe put uh, more of the money into a high, a lower grade of a better card, right? So I could have been buying the Anthony Davis silver, uh, in a PSA nine, instead of going after a bunch of Prism PSA tens. Now, when it comes to the 2012 draft class, I don't think there's a ton of options in terms of cards, unless you're going to get into the really rare autos and high end RPA cards, uh, which at this time were outside of my price range for what I wanted to spend on Anthony Davis uh now collectively i could have been putting all that into a rarer card and i probably should have in hindsight but again it is what it is i can't beat myself up now what am i going to do forward going forward with my anthony davis plays um i don't know to be honest i'm still evaluating that but chances are i'm going to I'm going to reduce uh, that position a little bit. I still believe in Anthony Davis. I still believe that next year coming back from injury, uh, having a full off to recover, I think he's going to be okay. I still think he's a top five player when he's healthy. And that's really the risk is injury risk. Um, and that risk, I just didn't, I didn't hold enough value to the injury risk. Uh, and that's something that I'm going to continue to adjust on and learn from. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the category of mistake that I fell on. That one was kind of a mismanagement of risk on, on, on that play in particular. Now, the fourth category of mistakes that I feel like, uh, uh exists for me and for other people out there is, uh. More on the selling side. So the first three being FOMO, uh, t- trying to time the market, and a mismanagement of risk. The fourth one, which are all buying decisions, which are all made on the buying side, this is more of a selling mistake, which is not taking your profits or trying to be greedy on trying to maximize your profits when you are sitting on profits. Now, I can make all these mistakes. The reason I'm still okay is that I have taken profits along the way on the cards that I did do well on. Um, Things like my hard in place, some of my Kobe cards. I took profits when I had them uh, in order to give myself this sort of cushion when. Things don't go right, knowing that at some point I'm going to make a bad uh, buying decision. And so not selling when you are sitting on profits is absolutely something that you need to get used to doing, right? Like the the emotional attachment to some of the cards that you may have is really strong, but what ends up happening is that they lose value and your emotional reaction, uh, connection to it changes because all of a sudden you're saying, "Ah, I wish I really had taken my profits on that card. And all of a sudden I'm kind of soured on that play a little bit, right? Because I didn't do that. I really believe in taking profits. I think it's a huge piece of success, especially in a a risky volatile market like the sports card world. So if you are sitting on profits, sell it. Do not be greedy. Don't try to get an extra 10, 15% when you're already up 100%. Just sell it, move on from it. You don't need to be the highest sold. Uh, You actually want your next buyer to have upside on the card. So I really do believe in selling cards uh, when you hit your uh, predetermined kind of marks of selling. So for me, it's like if I get to 70 to 100% on a card, I'm willing to move it or at least think about moving it uh, depending on how long I wanted to hold it to begin with. But if I'm sitting on profits, I want to take it. Uh, It's an important piece. It allows you to give yourself cushion at times like this as well. Um, so those are the four major kind of categories of, uh, of, of places where I feel like I can make adjustments and not even mistakes. I think sometimes mistakes can be a, a, a strong word, but, uh, adjustments. And, and that's such a big part of it is, is how to set up yourself for success going forward. So again, I think that these are, um, really important things to talk about. The last thing I want to talk about is selling for a loss. Okay. You're sitting here today. You've made your, uh, evaluation. You've decided I no longer want the play, but it's hard to evaluate it objectively when you're sitting on a loss. And that's the number one thing you have to do is take some of that numbers on a piece of paper away. Stop looking at your Excel sheet and just look at just evaluate it going forward would you rebuy that car today at that price uh, and if if not then go ahead and move it uh, and the way to sell for a loss right now is what I'm finding is that buy it now's uh, and offers on eBay just are not working people are not biting throw it up on a five or seven day auction um, and continue to do that that's important sell on eBay so that you do have the opportunity to sell now uh with your account uh, throwing it up for a five to seven day auction, although kind of scary because you don't know what price you're going to get uh, is the way to sell at this time in the market. And you just got to take what you can and move. And the reason why I sell for a loss is not to take my money out of the market. I still believe in the sports card market. I still believe in what I'm doing. Um, it's to sell for a loss and reinvest those funds into a different play. And I'll give you an example. Say you're sitting on Two Luka uh, Doncic Prism PSA 10s uh, that you bought at $1,500 apiece. I am sure there's people out there listening to this episode that have bought Luka Base Prisms at $1,500 a piece when they were at that price. And now they're down to $750, $800, whatever they're going for right at this moment. And you are sad because you're sitting on a card that's now half its value. Now, you may say to yourself, I don't want to sell. This is not a good time to sell. But the reason why it's a good time to sell at a down market, even if you are down on your own cards is because it's also a good buying opportunity. So I'll give you an example of what I would do if I had 2 luca Luka-based prisms right now uh, in a PSA 10 that I bought for $1,500 a piece. Today, they're around 750, 800. Say you net 700 each on those cards. You still want to buy a Luka card and you want to reinvest into Luka because you believe it's a good time to buy Luka. They've lost, they got eliminated in the first round again, and it gives you an opportunity to buy more into Luka. So I'll give you an example of a card that I would buy into if I sold even those two cards at a loss because going forward, Forward, i believe this card has more upside than the luca based prisms which is the 20 um the 2018 Luka Doncic Optic Hollow uh, in a PS, in a bgs 95 That card currently trades for right around $1,400. Uh, and so if you were able to free up $700 each on your two Luka Prisms and put it into one uh, Luka Doncic Optic Hollow in a bgs 9.5, and if you could get your hands on a true gem uh, because you just found a good card at a good price for $1,500 or $1,400, In my opinion, that's a much better play, and that's when I think selling for a loss is absolutely warranted and should be done, and that's what I'm doing right now with some of the cards that I'm selling, even if like my Anthony Davis cards that I'm sitting on a loss for, what I may do is take a portion of that play out and reinvest it into a different player, maybe the same player with a better card, whatever it may be, but again... That's what I would be doing. That's the benefit of selling even at a loss. uh, uh, And that's what I want to push you to do. And that's why it's so important to continue to do your research, even through a down market. Use this opportunity to buy good cards that you really believe in. All right. That's all the thoughts I have on what how to navigate some of the mistakes you may be uh, making. Be easy on yourself. It's okay learn from it and move on. You can make adjustments here and the adjustments that you make today will determine your success moving forward way more than anything else. Uh, before we go, I do want to share some thoughts on the 2021 NBA playoffs. So much is happening. I'm going to start with the Nets and Bucks series because that game seven just happened last night. I'm recording on a Sunday, uh, here. So I'm not, I have not watched the Sixers Hawks game seven today. So I won't have too many thoughts on that. But in terms of the Nets Bucks game last night, the Bucks are moving on. Very surprising. I really did think the Nets were going to come out of it uh, this year, but with the injuries that they had to Kyrie and Harden, uh, really hard for them to put it together. Uh, Kevin Durant is insane. Give his give props to Kevin Durant. I think all the slander that Kevin Durant's gotten over the last few years for you know joining a super team and whatnot, I get it. But he is he is the best player in the league, and you got to give him his props. He came through. I think he only sat eight minutes. I think he only sat on the bench eight minutes in the last three games of this series his team needed him he was there for it uh, and he almost pulled it out if that shot uh at the end of uh at, at the end of regulation uh if his foot was not on the line if that was a three that would have been insane um so just a game of inches you know we could very easily be talking about the nets moving on today uh and 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 what the bucks were going to be doing in the offseason but Uh, let's talk a little bit about Giannis. Uh, I have Giannis cards. I'm a Giannis collector. I'm really happy to see Giannis move on and see the Bucks doing what they're doing. I think this year is a really important year for them to try to win the championship, uh, with how good the Nets may look fully healthy. Um, and so I think this is the year to take advantage of it. And the Bucks moving on is huge. And one thing I want to point out about Giannis and something I really love about Giannis, uh, you know, let's talk about his free throw shooting Um, Because today he showed up. I mean, he hit some really big free throws as the Brooklyn crowd was doing their countdown. I mean, hilarious uh, from the crowd, but it didn't work. It did not rattle Giannis. And what I love most is that it did not take away from him being aggressive. And I want to contrast this with something that we see with a guy like Ben Simmons, who's also an awful free throw shooter. But the way it affects Ben Simmons is that he becomes considerably less aggressive because he doesn't want to go to the line. He doesn't want that pressure. You don't see that with Giannis. Giannis does not hit his free throws. You could tell it's, he's in his head about it, but it does not stop him from being aggressive and him going to the cup the way he did over and over again uh, This uh, in the last few games of this series as he got more aggressive and stopped taking so many threes. You saw him make the mental adjustment and it was great to see. I believe in Giannis. I think he's going to be really great for the league. And I definitely think he's going to win some championships and this might be his year. Chris Middleton coming through after having really rough couple games at the beginning of the series. Good for him. Good for the Bucs to be able to say uh, they have a guy like Chris Middleton on their team as a number two to Giannis. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think, is probably the guy who sacrifices the most out of these three uh, because he's not really in an offensive rhythm because he doesn't really initiate much of the offense with Giannis and Chris Middleton uh, taking a lot of those touches. Uh, it's clear that his offensive game has taken uh, has taken a hit. Um, but what he gives them defensively and he still shows up in big moments the way he did at the end of that game, hitting a big three, uh, super important. That team looks good. I'm very curious to see what happens going forward. And I do believe the Bucks beat whoever comes out of the Hawk Sixers series. Um, so good for the bucks. Congratulations Giannis collectors. Kevin Durant fans, I think there's going to be more of them going forward and I definitely think it's a good time to be buying into some of the Nets players for next year. Give it some time, let the market shake out the way it's going to shake out, but I definitely think it's a good time to buy some Kevin Durant cards. Um, let's talk about the Jazz or the the Clippers and Suns. They're going to be playing in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think that series is going to be an interesting one. Although I'm less excited about it, I did really want to see a CP3 versus Kawhi series. I wanted to see both these teams fully healthy because I think that would have been really interesting. Assuming that Chris Paul... Uh, only misses one game, I will take the Suns in seven Uh, because I think that that first game, not having Chris Paul, I think that Suns team is just a different team without CP3. So assuming he only misses one game, I think the Suns take the series in seven, but give it up for Paul George. No longer is he pandemic P good for him. I'm happy for him to finally come through in the clutch the way he did Ty Lue making a lot of really great adjustments as a head coach uh, and going five out against the Jazz was the right thing to pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint a little bit. Uh, it proved to be enough to get past the Jazz um, and such a, a a great series to watch as well. Now, uh, the last uh, reaction I have here is kind of the Hawks and Sixers. Tonight is game seven. If the Sixers lose I think that's a catastrophic disaster for the Sixers. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons on the offensive end is really problematic. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Him being around Joel Embiid with Tobias Harris and Seth Curry and Danny Green and such, I don't think that's good enough supporting cast if Ben Simmons is not going to show up as the real number two on that team. And clearly offensively, he is not doing what it takes to at least have some level of offensive threat. I think that's a real problem for the Sixers. And if the Hawks get past the Sixers, Like holy shit good for trey young trey young is showing that not only does he have a ton of skill but he's he's starting to develop that piece of his game that manages his team really really well that allows him to be a leader that gets his teammates involved at the right times uh during the game to keep them engaged so that they can come through in the big moments um and i think that what trey young is doing at 22 years old like that's insane that he's doing that so insanely early in his career uh he's but he he's a budding superstar is already there uh and so we'll see what ends up happening but one of the biggest surprises of this playoffs is the hawks is trey young we'll see if they can keep it going it's going to be a really good game and then uh the bucks and whoever they're facing in the eastern conference can't wait to talk a little bit about that next week Thanks for listening today. I really do appreciate it. I hope you got some value out of today's show uh, and please give me a follow on Instagram at the slab talk, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, leave a podcast rating and a review. And if you enjoy the, the data research tool that we use at Card Ladder, hit that Card Ladder sign up button in the show notes so that uh, you can sign up for Card Ladder. I highly recommend using them uh, as your data research tool. Uh, and I appreciate it if you use that link in the in the bio in the show notes below. Thanks again and have a good day.